Teaching a child what is expected of them in each and every environment is a non-negotiable step, especially for success when we're talking about inclusion. Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and I'm going to give you really quick some steps that you need to take as a parent, teacher, admin, therapist to make sure that inclusion is successful this school year. Because inclusion is not just about a child receiving an education amongst their peers inside of the school building, but it is absolutely a necessary step to ensure that a child is included and is able to access their community during their school years and beyond. For those of you that don't know, I have a brother who is 43 with Down syndrome and he's accessing his community every day. He just moved down to Florida with my mom. They're out, you know, dancing and eating at restaurants and going to the golf course and doing those things. But you know what? It takes work to get there. And that work starts in our school system, but too often we are setting our students up for failure. We're not giving them the skills that are needed and we're not teaching them what is expected. So let me share with you an exact situation that I've come across hundreds of time in the work that I've been doing with parents, with schools. I've traveled around the country working with different districts to help with crisis intervention. That's usually when I get called in of, hey, like this is not working. And it's not always for inclusion. Sometimes it's for academics. Sometimes it's for a transition planning. There's all different reasons that I'm going into a school system. But this one thing is a reoccurring theme that you can absolutely address immediately, no matter what your role is at the IEP table. And that's making sure that a child knows what is expected of them before they go into an environment. Now, typically this miscommunication happens when we have a child who is spending a core amount of their day in special education. And then we're looking for opportunities for the child to be typically in a larger environment or with students who do not have IEPs. And we just transition a child into this new environment and we're teaching them, hopefully we're teaching them um, in the moment what's expected of them, but we're not pre-teaching what needs to happen before we go into that environment. So it becomes this chaotic situation and, and it can be as simple as this. Let's say we have a student and his name is Sam and Sam is going into science class with his general education peers and he's so excited. He's going to be doing group work. He's going to be taking turns. He's going to be participating in experiments and he knows how to absolutely access his classroom that he's coming from where he gets a lot of his direct instruction during the day. He he's, he's awesome. He follows the rules. He's following two-step directions. He's participating in conversations and then he goes goes into this classroom and it's a complete disaster. You know why? Because the teacher expects Sam to raise his hand all the time. And the teacher that has um, him most of the day doesn't expect a child to raise their hand before they speak because the science teacher wants to make sure that every student asks permission before they sharpen their pencil. And the other teacher that he spends most of his day with does not expect that. It's because the expectations of how to line up, how to follow directions, how directions are given. His classroom teacher that he's with most of the time is using visual support and is prepping him through step one, step two, step three, when it comes to his class activities, when it comes to what's happening next. And the other classroom teacher is not doing that. 
Now, there's been a miscommunication. So one, we don't have the supports in place. And two, the expectations are different. In this classroom, we don't have to ask to sharpen our pencil. In this classroom, we do have to ask to sharpen our pencil. Those little details absolutely make or break the success of inclusion inside of a school. Now, I want to take this one step further with you today because I'm pretty sure you got that, right? You're like, okay, I need to get on this and make sure that the supports are there, that the pre-teaching is there, that the child knows what the expectations are. And that doesn't happen overnight. It takes work. It takes prep work to make that happen. But I want you to know as a teacher, as a parent, as a therapist, that the work you're doing to make this happen in school is necessary for that lifelong success. You know, we always are reminding you that the entire purpose of an IEP is to prepare a child for further education, employment, and independent living. So this morning, as I'm sitting at church and I'm thinking about you, you, yes, you, you here, the listener on the podcast, the, the community that we have on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about what does it take to access this environment and how many families in the disability community cannot access this environment because the supports are not there, the pre-teaching has not been done, the uh, communication between the disability community and the general education community has not happened. It's the same thing. It replicates over and over and over outside of the school system. So when you start this process inside the school system, you start to learn how to communicate. You start to learn how to pre-teach. You start to learn where to look, where the pitfalls are going to be because there wasn't pre-teaching or there's been no exposure or there's different rules in one environment than there is in another environment. When you start to see those things, you can set a child and a family up for success so they can do things like go to church if that's what they want to do. Or tonight, I'm headed to a concert. And you know what? Maybe a family who has a child with disability wants to bring their child to the concert. Or maybe they want to be able to go on a date night and not bring their child to the concert. And both of those have their own sets of challenges. And the reason I want to talk about that just for a minute is because it goes all the way back to what we just talked about in setting a child up for success for inclusion at school. It absolutely trickles over into what happens in the community. So we have families who have children with disabilities who are not going to a concert, even if the child would enjoy it, because this transitioning from one environment to another, being able to pre-teach those expectations, being able to give exposure that's not happening and that hasn't been happening for years and years and years in the school system. So access to things in the community are really hard. Or let's go to the, not to the child who's going to attend the concert with their family, but the child who cannot stay home with a babysitter or a caregiver or a respite worker because things are difficult. It might be behaviors. It might be eating and sensory needs. It might be communication. These things are extremely hard and it is limiting the independence of the child to the point of even when they have help, it doesn't work out. So again, pre-teaching and teaching expectations 
of what happens when there's a caregiver, what happens when there is somebody there to help provide respite. What happens when mom or dad are home, this happens in the house. When the caregiver is here, this happens in the house. Those are two separate situations. And it there's two different expectations of behaviors. Things happen different when mom and dad's not in the house. Things happen different when the caregiver is there. You're allowed to do certain things. You're not allowed to do certain things. When there's a caregiver versus mom and dad that are there. So a parent versus a caregiver, even a grandparent versus a parent. We all know that, right? Like I have children. What my kids could do when grandma was in charge was different than what they could do when mom was in charge with things. And they learned those expectations. All of this is connected. This is why I get so passionate about getting the right IEP goals, the right supports in, and making sure that we're preparing a document that works in the real world because that's what we're preparing for. Bottom line is school is a short amount of time compared to a child's lifetime. So if we are only focusing on making sure the IEP is working in the moment to get a child through school, to get the best grades, or we're only working on making sure that a child is surviving through their school day, that is not providing that preparation for further education, employment, and independent living. If we're truly gonna prepare a child, we need to think about what are you doing today? What are you doing today that a family of a child with a disability may not be able to do because their child has not had the pre-teaching, their child has not had the supports in multiple different environments, and you have not tested out what is needed to transition from this environment to that environment, what is needed to make sure that Sam, the student that we just talked about earlier, can make it from his fully supported environment transitioned into another environment that has different rules and different expectations? What's the prep work that needs to happen? Because that's the prep work that needs to happen to ensure that a child can access their church, a community con uh, concert, the farmer's market that's down the street, the grocery store and Target. We have to make sure that we are doing the prep work for a child to be set up for success because it's typically not that they can't do it. It's that nobody prepared them to do it. So then they go into an environment, they fail, they become frustrated, and then there's fear. The parents are fearful, the teachers are fearful, and the student is fearful of failure the next time because we didn't prepare the right way the first time. We didn't think it through. So let's start thinking through what needs to happen prior to a child even going into an inclusive environment that has less supports than perhaps the environment they're used to. And again, that's the same thing as we have home and we have a lot of supports. And when we take the parent out of the home and put in a caregiver, that's a different level of support. We have home that has a lot of supports and then we have a concert down the street that has less supports. We have less control over that environment. 
Again, do you see the similarities that we have a special education trained professional that's working with a child? And when that professional is not there and the general education teacher is in charge or the gym teacher is in charge or the librarian is in charge or the lunchroom monitor is in charge, what do we need to do different to make sure the child is set up for success? Because it's not just about school, it's about community access. And again, I challenge you to think about what are you doing today that's going to be difficult for your own family ongoing, or if you're a teacher, for your students' families, and how can you use the school environment to help prepare the child for life? I'm going to encourage you that if you liked this conversation, you're going to love the Master IEP Coach Mentorship. Go hop over to masteriepcoach.com. I can't wait to see you inside of our Master IP Coach community where we're leveling up and becoming the idea bringers, solution finders, and team builders at the IEP table because we know as Master IEP Coaches that every child absolutely can be prepared for further education, employment, and independent living in whatever way they need to meet their unique needs. Hope to see you guys over at masteriepcoach.com. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>